the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. And we're back in the studio. We're back uh, doing what we love to do. And I wanted to share with you a thought. As you know, I, I, so many of us, we love the Bible. We've got to get into it. And you've got to digest it and really meditate on it. I think that's why the Bible says that we should meditate on the Word, not, not just speed read through it. But one of, one of my, my favorite books, the book of Joshua, uh, at the very beginning, you know, it just, it just brings you in and you see the, the, the time change. Now my servant Moses is gone. And now Joshua, and he goes on to, to prepare him for what is going to be a great journey. And I don't know how many times he says it, but he says it several times. And chapter 1, verse 9 is the one that we remember the most. And the word, the word says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think that's, that's beautiful because if you're serving the Lord, you probably had a mentor. You probably had a pastor, a mom, a dad, grandmother, grandfather that really encouraged you and you look up to them. And maybe they're not here any longer. And Joshua found himself in that same situation. He respected and he worked with and he worked well with, uh, with Moses. But now Moses is done. His, his, his assignment is over and now is your turn. And so I want to encourage you. It's your turn. It's time for you to be strong. It's time for you to be courageous. It's time for you to take that step. It's time for, for all of us to be able to be strong in our faith. It'd be champions, and let's, let's go and conquer all that God has told us to conquer. Because if God is with us, then it is possible. We can do this. And so be encouraged. And we know that how faith comes. Maybe you're saying your faith is weak. Well, you know what? The Bible tells us, how would we strengthen our faith? And we strengthen by our faith by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so get in the Word. That's why AM630, the Word, exists to encourage your faith, not just to be a listener, but to be a doer. So let's do that today. Let's get in the Word. Let's encourage our faith. Get to church. And if you don't have a church, I want to introduce one to you today. And I'm here uh, with, uh, with, with a gentleman. I, I, we're, we're, I feel like we're getting closer and closer. We, we've had a couple of laughs already, and we're, we're going to be working together. And so I want to introduce you to Pastor Ryan Carpenter. He is the senior pastor of Village Parkway Baptist Church. And so, Pastor Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. Marcus, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So I want to introduce our listener to who you are and maybe, you know, give a little bit of background of you. Are, are you a PK? Are you from uh, your native San Antonian? What's, what's your story? 
Okay, so I was originally born outside of the uh, the Houston area in a small rural community out there. Went to high school there, went to school in a couple of different places in Texas. I have lived in San Antonio once before from 2007 to 14, and I served actually at the church I'm at right now in a different capacity. Uh, so I'm familiar. All my kids were born in San Antonio, but uh, I have left for the last eight years or so to pastor another church. Um, and enjoyed my time there, enjoyed my time serving with them, and then God called me back to to Village Parkway as the senior pastor, and it's just good to be back in San Antonio. You know, it says something that they will call you back. You know, <laughs> some wow. people some people leave and the celebration begins. <laughs> <laughs> That's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> some people need need to leave our lives, but you know, we others we we mourn when they leave, and so I, I think it says a lot about you that they knew you and they still invited you back. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty humbling. Yeah, uh, it really is. You know, and it, it was a point of prayer for me to come back to a yeah. place that I had been before, and you know, even though I've been gone. Uh, for eight years, the memory from eight years ago is what people remember. And I would hope that God has been working on me, transforming mm-hmm. me, making more uh, into his likeness each day. Uh, and I'm not the same as I was eight years ago. So I'm hoping that in some ways I'm more like Jesus than I was. And so it was a point of prayers like, am I coming because it's familiar? Am I coming because uh, people know me? Is it because of what? And I just ultimately, my wife and I, through prayer and some time with uh, the church, we we came to understand that we felt like this is where God wants yeah. us to be, and so a major decision uh, to say to say to say the sure. least. Sure. So many times we want to always go forward, forward, forward mm-hmm. to new things, and and sometimes God does call us back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but He did call you back in a new capacity. Yeah, and uh, some people knew you from before. Some people, mm-hmm. some are new. Yeah, and so we praise God for that. That you're back in San Antonio, yeah. and uh, on the air here with us today. Uh, so. Uh, how about how about your your conversion experience? Were you were you born a saint? Were, <laughs> how was how was that? What was that like? I'm a work in progress now. Amen. <laughs> um, no, um, honestly, I grew up in a you know a very small rural area. There was if you didn't want to drive uh, to another place like outside of town, away from people that you lived by, you had to go to the one church that was there. And that church there had all kinds of people. We had um, Lutherans and Methodists and Episcopals and Baptists and all kinds of people would come there. And but the church did not offer any kind of time to respond to the gospel. Didn't it Mm. just kind of presented church. And so I grew up around church and uh, at times had a drug problem where I was drug in. And, uh, but, but, you know, your your mom drugged you to church often and regularly. (laughs) Yes. And then we had our own pew Yeah, and you know how that goes. (laughs) And, um, so, but we, we, that was kind of how I grew up. And so I actually came to saving faith through personal Bible reading. Mm. Um, when I was in middle school, I had spent some time, uh, you know, I'd been to Sunday school and done Bible study before, but as far as like the push for a personal commitment to Christ, I hadn't done that. Um, and so I was reading and came to a place of, of uh, decision, really. And I placed my faith as best I could in, in Christ uh, alone. And yeah. I was alone when I did it. Uh, so it was a, a, a time that I had to have some counseling. Later, years later, I responded to an altar call. Um, I guess as a lot of young men would, the 
there was a team that came into the, the the school in the area and they tore phone books and broke things on fire. I and remember said, those I guys. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> the know, power pretty, team. Oh yeah, that's exactly who it was. Yes. <laughs> and so the power team came in and they started breaking things and setting things on fire and said, "We do this for Jesus." And I said, "Yeah, I'm in." <laughs> so I walked the aisle and. Um, at that time, that was the first time I made a public profession. Right. It was a private decision until then. And then in college, I had the opportunity uh, to follow in believer's baptism, which is something, you know, we as Baptists exactly. uh, are, are big on. So that's that's kind of how I came to yeah. faith. And, and I, you know, it's sometimes we – and I, I think what happened there in your testimony is exactly what needs to happen. Because if it's just the public without that inner – Oh yeah. yeah, you know it could be peer pressure. I'm going up because they're going up. Yeah, you know, and and right. so you had the individual the that hit that word yes. really convicted you yes. to the point where it it made you make a decision. Yes, at, at that point, and then and then later on when the power team came, they, you know, God used them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Through through setting things on fire, they stoked the fire of my soul. Praise I guess. the Lord. <laughs> I remember that. They didn't I, teach me how to tear a phone book. Though. No, that that, cool. that's their secret. That, <laughs> they would not. Ha- they would not get the next gig. Uh, but praise the Lord, God will use anything. Right. You know. Right. And so I think sometimes we 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 tend to be open to allow God to use anything. And I, you know what? If you're if you're a mom or a dad praying for your child to get saved or to make a decision, you would thank God for the power team. Absolutely. You know, I know a lot of people that you know that's 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 craziness. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Whatever God wants to use to bring a life to him, to make a public confession. Right. And then later, right. and then later the baptism, mm-hmm. you know, a, a public acknowledgement mm-hmm. of obedience where you're saying, I identify right. with the death, burial, and resurrection of, right. of Jesus Christ. And so, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it or show it, and I don't care right. who knows about it. Right. And so that's, that's beautiful. And that's, we, we, we sometimes, I think so many times our churches have become so cool. Mm-hmm. That many times we we forget the foundations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we we forget these these things that we should be doing. Right. And I love right. baptisms. Mm-hmm. I love when people just say, you know, I'm gonna get in the water, and and take a picture of me. I'm I'm not ashamed. Right. And so so right. from there, you made you made a decision for Christ, right. and yeah. and now you're 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 obviously moving into. Is it something that you felt at that time moving towards ministry? No, actually, when I well, I was I was. When I was in college, I, I went there to uh, pursue teaching and coaching. Uh, and so I studied and uh, did a degree that would pretty well allow me to write my ticket where I wanted to coach, just based on what I could teach. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the advice of all of my coaches and administrators that were counseling me, as well as the School of Education at A&M. They were telling me, you know, well, if you do this, you can go wherever you want to. And so I did that. And then, so I got into my student teaching, and I loved working with students. I loved working with teachers. I had been doing some Bible study in the summer before, and I got into it. And then in that fledgling pre-internet, I guess it was intranet back in yeah. the day, right? And um, I found myself searching for seminaries. And I said, well, what is going on? Because uh, I just couldn't get into the subject matter I was teaching, but I loved being with people, and I loved teaching the Bible, and I liked to uh, lead worship with small groups. And so I just, uh, through that process of counseling with my college pastor, with my home pastor, a few other people, 
some hard questions from my father because he was an educator and he said, you know, if you go into the ministry, you'll only see people two or three times a week. And I see them five to six days a week. So you can have a ministry in school. And I said, I know you can, but I can't say no. And it was kind of that point that uh, we both looked each other in the eye and said, okay, this is it. And so I answered a call to ministry while I was doing my student teaching and then went on to seminary directly after my graduation. So, um, I think that's usually how, how it work or how it should work. Again, your, your testimony is how it should work. And now this part of it, I think, again, if you, if you can't convince yourself out of it, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then yeah. that, that's how strong the calling is, then really you have no choice. Right, right. How would, how would you, I mean, we'll take, let's take a moment, sure. but maybe right now somebody is out there mm-hmm. and they're, they, have, they feel the tug. Sure. How would, what would you tell them? How would you advise them? Um, well, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to look at what you've been involved in. Have you been involved in uh, a teaching ministry? Have you been involved in church? Is this a new thing? As, you know, the scripture says that we shouldn't be new believers when we enter in the ministry like this. And so have you been a, a follower of Christ for a while? Have you been in a discipleship program? Are you willing to uh, give of yourself when uh, people, you know, because ministry, you work when other people are not working, mm-hmm. and and then you work when they're working too. So <laughs> yeah. you you know you kind of uh, are putting in some time here. And so, are you the kind of person that is already serving in ministry? And then I would tell you to find somebody who is a mature believer, uh, either older or younger, just in the in the work of ministry. Talk to them and say what you're going through, what you felt, what you are experiencing. When you read the scripture, is this something you just cannot contain and you have to tell someone? Is that a pattern that's been part of your life? And if those things are true, I think you very much need to entertain a call to ministry. Um, uh, Understand that, you know, as a pastor, as a person that uh, is standing in the gap for the Lord, proclaiming his word, uh, you will face opposition and and you will be uh judged more harshly and so it's not something to enter into lightly and it's certainly something if you can do something else then you probably should but if you have this absolute determination that's like this is what i need to do and your call may be right now it may be for five years it may be for life Uh, i think sometimes we make this a terminal decision (laughs) and uh, there is uh, another way of serving the Lord. There are other ministries that he may call or move you into. Uh, I had a good friend of mine in Victoria that had pastored for years and years at a church, uh, decades, you could number it in. And he left that church and went to work for a parachurch ministry working with children. And uh, that was something that he was led to, uh, working with children in need, at-risk mm-hmm. kids and uh, children that were orphans and those kinds of things. And he, uh, he loves it. He loves what he does. Uh, he still fills pulpits. He still entertains uh, churches and does functions and things like that. But his full-time vocation is working with this children's home. And so he loves it. So it's not a thing that you answer and it's a you have to always do this. Uh, sometimes people, I think, feel it's terminal. But it's right. not. It's a, it's a thing that you do in obedience until you need to obey something else. I'm glad you said that because not not everybody – because I think Matthew twenty eight nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. Go ye mm-hmm. in the King, mm-hmm. in the original King James. <laughs> go go ye uh, is is not not very qualified or limited, right? It's right. go ye, right? You all right. listening, 
right. um, go ye. And a lot of times we think, well, he's talking to the pastors, mm-hmm. you know, and, oh, yeah, and no. you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, the pa- yeah. you know, pastor. Yeah. And then or, or you may say, oh, my God, God is calling me to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, but maybe not. Not everybody's right. called to the same thing, right. you know, right. to preach every Sunday. Right. But everybody's called to go do right. something. Right. You know, figure that, and that may be where we really need to pray and seek sure. and look for a mentor. Sure. And, and, and maybe the first place you start is wherever there's a need in your local church. Absolutely. You know, the, the idea of making disciples as you're going to baptize and to teach, to make a disciple, a disciple is not a one-sided thing. It is a multifaceted thing that we become, uh, to sit at the master's feet, to sit at the feet of others. I mean, I have learned myself through people that preach. I've learned myself through people who are serving. I've learned through people that uh, come to the church and clean toilets. And I've learned that I am above none of it. That's right. And so any form of service, any way that we can come alongside with another person to be the iron that sharpens iron, mm-hmm. to, to grow more into the servant leadership position that Jesus was in, to, to become more like the servant, um, to our chief servant. And I think that process of discipleship is where it's at. It's not all preaching. It's not all serving. It's not all one piece. It's a multifaceted thing as we grow more into the likeness of Jesus. And so there is the excitement of the call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you just jump out on that excitement, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, probably setting yourself up for failure oh yeah absolutely you know so there has to be that grounded decision where you're counting the cost yeah and you're knowing what you're getting yourself into you don't know what tomorrow holds but you know at least you have an idea that you know this is not this is not preach on sunday and and give me your money Uh, no no No, it is not we know if you're looking for money don't get into preaching right uh but god blesses his people you know, so we're not Very saying that everybody, so. everybody's got to be yeah. broken and, yeah. you know, driving around a broken down car. Right. Right. Uh, but that's not why we get into it. No. Uh, so now you're back in San Antonio mm-hmm. now in a, a new capacity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how how was that transition? Tell me a little bit now. Let's transition this to the church. Sure, absolutely. Oh, you know, the Parkway is wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful church. Uh, wonderful people. You know, people make the church. You can yeah, have that's whatever right. kind of facilities, but you walk in, you see the people, you meet the people. It's wonderful people. Uh, Village uh, is is just blessed in that. Really have a lot of good people, a lot of good opportunities to uh, just connect with people. A good op- We try to make that as easy as possible, yeah. you know, that you could meet people. We have fellowship connection groups, and these are dinner groups that kind of meet a couple of times each quarter. And then um, that we shuffle them up and you meet with new people so that you meet people not just in your life group, in your small group that you meet with for Bible study, but cross group and cross church and cross generational. And so um, this is this is a relatively new ministry for Village, but it is something that uh, has been very well participated in and we've seen some good fruit from it. So, um, you know, so like I said, Village is a great church. We have wonderful Bible teachers. We have people that are dedicated to the scripture, dedicated to their groups. Um, we have good people to serve. We have good ministries and missions that we support. It's just a wonderful place to be. Yeah. It really is. You know, one of the really things you is. said, I, I have a heart for small groups. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that is that is uh, close to my heart, and we, we do that at church. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, our church wants to grow. Yeah. We we want to grow. It's yeah. it's we're a body, and a body should grow. So it's mm-hmm. it's a normal thing for a church to grow. But the more we grow 
Now, talking about small groups, the mm-hmm. smaller we need to right. get. Yeah, the bigger you get, the smaller you have to get. That's to right. keep that that fellowship, right? That uh, right. those relationships happening because right. we can't have you know people people are clicky. Yes, we're yeah. go, we're gonna get to. And we like to be comfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the birds of a feather flock together, mm-hmm. and all we're mm-hmm. gonna you know we're gonna hang out, and you know, we'll have the same group go to the same restaurant every Sunday after church, and. You know, and Luby's will be full of, of you know, and we, <laughs> you know, but when you do something yeah. uh, purposefully, mm-hmm. you know, with purpose, mm-hmm. on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, you tend to, you, you cross pollinate and then things begin yeah. to grow. Yeah. You yeah. know, let me, let me ask you this now, yeah. talking to a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're implementing this and you say yeah. it's relatively new yeah. uh, to, to village. How would you encourage a pastor to check it out or to begin small groups or try it? You know how how would how would you tell a pastor listening today? Uh, well, I mean, with all of your things, I think you need to. Uh, really, any new ministry you start, mm-hmm. with, especially with small groups, I think you need to take it to your uh, your your gatekeepers and your right. leadership first. You know, talk to them, see what they think about it, and and kind of have some good open conversations that are not. Uh, how can I say this? They're not stilted. They're not planned. You're not driving an agenda, even though you think this is where God wants you to go, if you have strong opposition, you need to take your time with that right. and let the Holy Spirit work on people. It is not your job to convict them of your plan. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict all of us towards his plan. And um, it's kind of like what the scripture so, says. So that, hap- <laughs> that happens in the Baptist churches too? Uh, it happens, I think, everywhere. <laughs> I thought that was only so the Pentecostal a- churches. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Pentecostal, yeah. uh, just, gotcha. uh, just so you could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, gotcha. I see you raising your hands. Over yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, no, so that's what I would do. I'd talk to your gatekeepers, talk to your leadership, uh, get them on board, make sure they know what you're trying to do, how you want to do it. Uh, pray through that and actually have a plan. Don't just have an idea. Mm. Um, you know, pray through that and do the work of diligence on your own so that you have an idea of where you want it to go and what you want it to look like. Um, and then participate in it when it starts. Because, you know, I, I don't often get to go to Sunday morning small groups because I have responsibility, but I do participate with the small group. I have a small group that I go to that we do fellowships with. I had a, a connection group that I was part of that we have met. And uh, I think if you want to get it going, you have to be willing to invest yourself. You can't just tell people, go do this and then not do it yourself. I think you're sending a mixed message there. It's like telling people you want them to share the gospel and you don't yourself. Exactly. Well, I think you're sending a mixed message. I think first you need to tell yourself to go to small group. You need to tell yourself to smell the, share the gospel and then actually go do it. I think that's the, that's the key. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, it's the key of any ministry because uh, I think the church is moving from the department yes. type churches. Yeah. yeah, agreed. You know, to, to a DNA yeah. type church. This yeah. is who we are. Yeah. You know, and if this is going to be who you are as the leader, you have to be there. That's the genius of it. They have have to see you there. You know, if you want the church to be a servant, then you need to be the lead Mm -hmm. servant. That's right. And so I ruffled some feathers, I think. I had a few people that didn't expect me to do this. We've had some fellowships and we have the the potlucks and uh, the food or caters or whatever. I've done this a couple of times. We have a cater there and we'll have drinks that we've set up. Well, I'll go to the end of the line and I'll serve drinks. And I've had some people come up and say, Pastor, you're not supposed to do this. And I'm like, why not? I get to talk to everybody that comes through and do something for them. You know, it's like, 
uh, <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. So yeah. other people were fine with it, but there was one or two. They were like, that's that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Get in your place, Pastor. That's right, that's right. I'm not going to baptize them with the tea glass. I'm just giving them something to drink. <laughs> I laughed so much because I was recently scolded. I was okay. recently scolded by the women of the church. Uh, because I get there early and I set the coffee. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not it's not the hardest thing to do. <laughs> right. Just let me. Can I make the coffee? Right. No, Pastor, you are not allowed to make the coffee. <laughs> so, oh man, I, you know, so I got to run out the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so I, I understand yeah. Yeah. that. And, and you know, Marcus, there is a line between um, us doing things that other people could or should do instead of things that only we can do right. as the ministers. But at the same time, I think there's some that probably hide behind that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's not my job. I need to empower others. And it really is you don't want to do it yourself. And I think we need to get past that, back into that model of Jesus to serve. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, you need to be willing to get your hands dirty. You need to be willing to do ministry with messy people. Yes. And, and be willing to be dirty yourself. God, God will clean it up. But you've got to get in the dirt. If you want to pull people out of their sin, you need to grab a hold of their dirty hand and pull. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Uh, you know what? That reminds me of the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And Jesus needed something to multiply. Right. You know? And right. so he tells the disciples, you feed him. Right. Where, do we have anything? What? And, you know, and the arguments come back and say, oh, we don't have money. We don't have time. Right. Right. All these excuses. Right. Uh, but somebody said, I have a child here. You know, I found somebody. Right. And and here's here's the fish, here's the bread. Yeah. You know, as in Jesus. So it's that is that right. fine balance of, right. of being able to mentor somebody because I, I do believe in multiplication. Yes. You know, so we need yeah. to teach somebody to do yeah. it and then I won't do it anymore. And then they teach somebody else to do it. You know, and then that multiplication right. happens. Right. And and making right. coffees, anybody can make coffee. But right. when you're doing a ministry, right. when you're when you're standing, even if it's in front of a small group, you know, uh, one day a week, there, there, right. you, you know, you do one, and then you let the next person, and you multiply yourself. Right. And I think it's those little things that let yeah. people know you care. Exactly. You're not just the pastor. You're not the sage on the stage, if you will. You're you're a person who is willing to come with them wherever God has placed them, and you're willing to love and serve them wherever they are. Um, so, Village Parkway Baptist Church, where are you located? Uh, we are on Calabar Road between 410 and 1604. If you come up from 410 uh, on Calabra, uh, heading out of town, you'll see it. You can't miss it. If you're coming in from Calabra, uh, on Calabra from 1604, you have to take uh, the right on Calabra. If you stay straight, that ends up on Grissom. And so you have to come in and take the right at uh, Calabra and come around the curve there to get to the church. But we're right in the middle. And you can't miss it. It's a huge property. It's a yeah, beautiful yeah, property. We're very fortunate. We're yeah. very blessed. Yeah. So, um, service times. How? Do, how... Sure. Uh, so Bible study begins at 945. And uh, you can come to our visitor center and we can connect you there. You could also go to the website and plan your visit. We have that set up for you as well if you'd like to do that ahead of time. The website? Uh, the website is ourvillagefamily.org, uh, just like it sounds. Ourvillagefamily.org. That's, right. That's correct. Uh, and so you can do that, or you can come to worship service. Worship service starts at 1050. And so um, I would say get there at 1045. You can meet a few people and yeah. come sit down. And uh, we're almost always done before lunchtime. 
So um, every now and then we have a lot going on. Easter Sunday went a little long, but we did everything I think you can do in church. We had a baptism. We had the Lord's Supper. We sang some songs. Some people sang specials. And we had preaching service. We had an altar call. And then people came down to pray. And it was a thing. So yeah. it was wonderful. Love it. Love Easter it. Resurrection Easter. Sunday oh, is a, yeah, is a great resur- Sunday. Yeah, if you don't celebrate the resurrection, then uh, you're you're missing the boat. Because yeah. that is it, as Paul I, says. I, I often say we have to do everything on Easter Sunday because we don't know if we're gonna when we're gonna see some of these people again. <laughs> <laughs> it, may, it may not be till next yeah, Easter. Right, right. <laughs> so we got to get the communion in, the baptism. Yeah, got to get it all. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, Pastor Ryan. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, Village Parkway Baptist Church on Culebra. You can find them on the web, ourvillagefamily.org. And uh, you're looking for a church? I would recommend. You check out Pastor Ryan and Village Parkway. They've been there. How long has Village Parkway been a thing? Been a church? Do you I know? It was planted in the late eighties. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, it's been there so. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute, it and, it's gonna, yeah. and it's gonna and it's gonna be there for so, for many yeah, many more years. Yes. So they would love to have you. So come on, mm-hmm. it's right off of Calibra, in between sixteen oh four and then four ten. Just yeah, drive right in one fifty one. I mean, it's close. No excuses. <laughs> Get to church. <laughs> God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you, Pastor Ryan, for being with us. Thank you, Marcus. God bless San Antonio. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.